I've always been envious of artists. I'm not a person that has much artistic ability. My, my children are, are both more, much more artistic than I am. Um, Sarah's in the band at Germantown, and Thomas has taken art classes. And I'm just amazed by artists, their ability to, to see things that are not. You know, they, they can see things that aren't there and make them become there. It, it's just amazing to me how they do that. Um, many of you may be familiar with Michelangelo's um, statue of David. And, and someone asked him sometimes, how did, how did you know what David looked like? And, Michael, and Michelangelo said as, as, he, as he made the statue, he said, well, it was easy. I just chipped away everything that didn't look like David. In his mind, he knew what David was supposed to look like, and he knocked away everything on this, on this block of marble that wasn't David. He just chipped it away. And I've always been envious of people that can do that. I mean, how a musician, I, I love the, as I said, I love the, the, the anthem the choir just did. You know, how Chris Tomlin and Matt Red, Redmond can just come up with lyrics like that, or how, how, how those that play instruments can come up with melody. I just, I don't, I don't understand. I'm just so envious of that ability to see things that are not. It's such a, such a gift. Uh, but it isn't just in, in things of art, but it's in technology. I was listening to a podcast the other day talking about different technologies and the iPhone, for instance, and how someone Steve Jobs could dream up, could dream up an iPhone. I mean, can you imagine telling somebody a hundred years ago that you were going to check your email on your cell phone? Nothing in that sentence would make sense to them. Not a single word in that sentence would make sense to them. Check your email on your cell phone. But yet these visionaries, they have the ability to see things that are not there, to, to have visions of things that are, are, are to be and, and to dream. Uh, think of our founding fathers here in America, what they had to dream up to come up with the system of government we have. Nothing like it had ever been created before in human history. Yes, there had been democracies, but republics and things like this, checks and balances. I mean, who would have thought of that? It's an amazing thing to see things that are not and what they can become. The Bible talks of this. It says in Hebrews that faith is the evidence of things unseen, the substance of things hoped for. Faith is seeing things that are, that it, that are not there and seeing them into practice. Did you, did, you, uh, did you hear how Jesus told them what mountain he told them to go to today? How Jesus, for the disciples, cast a vision in the transfiguration account we read earlier, how Jesus was transfigured to his glorious state, but he wasn't like that most of the time. When he touched them, he was back to normal, if you will. They saw things that weren't there. Abraham, in the Bible, Jesus said to Abraham, um, go to the land that I will show you. That's one of the most intimidating passages to me in all the Bible is when Abraham says, go to the land that I'll show you. I, as I think I've shared with you before, I'm a man that I like, I like GPS and I like directions. I like to be told, go on the, get on the interstate, go 10 miles, take a right, then a left, then a right, and you're there. This whole go to this land, I'll show you business, I'm not doing that. I've got to have directions. You know, but Abraham did that. 
You think, uh, you think of how David walking to Jerusalem saw a vision of a temple. Went to the Lord said, Lord, let me build this temple for you. The Lord said, no, not you, your son will. But David could envision this temple, this temple that of God that would be built, that remnants are still standing to this day thousands of years later. You think of You think of Jesus telling Peter, upon this rock, I'll build my church. What church? There's no church built yet. How is he going to build a rock upon this when it wasn't even there yet? I'm so envious of those that can see things that are not. But here's the thing about seeing things that are not takes risk takes risk we've been studying mark in my bible studies on sunday and wednesday night it's become a running joke y'all can pick up my wife about this because i don't i don't go real fast in bible study we've been on we've been in mark about six weeks now we're not one of them just finally got through chapter one <laughs> so somebody said barbara asked one day said how are you doing this bible study she's putting together the newsletter said how long are you doing this bible study i'm like well we're on mark one so i figure we'll finish sometimes i don't know 2019 i guess maybe Possibly, perhaps, if we, get, if we start moving faster. Um, but um, Jesus went to Peter and Andrew, James and John, and says, Hey, come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And it says they put down their nets and followed him. They left everything. They left their homes. They left their jobs. They left their families. They left their dads with the hired hands mending the nets. To follow Jesus. Soren Kierkegaard said this, and this I think is one of the truest things I've ever, ever read. The decision to follow Jesus is always the hardest decision you'll ever make. Because it changes everything. The decision to follow Jesus is always the hardest decision that you will ever make. It isn't just... Biblical stories of those taking risk. It isn't just historic facts about our democracy. It isn't just about modern technologies that are coming into being. People that start churches take risk. I've been blessed in ministry to follow, to serve some phenomenal churches. Uh, my two churches, in the, my three little churches in the Delta, one time for homecoming, they told the history of Lynn. And uh, the guy that started that church, this little community out in Sunflower County, and uh, the guy that started it went up the Yazoo River, and from there went in little cutouts, little dugout canoes up every little bio, little creek in the delta to get to this community to start this church. And I joked when I heard the story, like, y'all, I don't know if I love y'all enough to do that. That's, there's a lot of alligators and mosquitoes in those waters. I don't know about all that business. My church in Petal. The folks that started that church took a risk. The children of another church broke off and started this church specifically to reach young people. The people that were at Wesley that started St. Matthew's that moved here from Northeast Jackson, they had no guarantee of success. In fact, honestly, the odds are probably stacked against them. 
They didn't get some of the best offers from the conference for land. They had to meet in buildings for a while that weren't even churches. Didn't have a lot of kids. Didn't have a lot of money. Had a lot of resources. In fact, members of that Wesley Church, many of them, put mortgages on their houses to build this church. Because they saw something. They saw a need. They saw children that needed to know about Jesus. They saw families that needed to be healed. They saw the potentiality of what could be. When other folks might not have saw it, they did. They saw what could have happened when you choose to be like those disciples we read about this morning that went out and preached the gospel, baptized, proclaimed, taught. They saw what wasn't there and what could be there. I'm kind of like with that like I am with those artists. Because I don't always do that. I want God to follow my plan. I want God to neatly fit into my schedule. I want life to accommodate me and faith to accommodate work in the ways that I want it to work and really not require a whole lot of sacrifice on my part if it doesn't have to. But I also want more. I've got two kids that I love with all my heart. And I want them to grow up radically obedient to Jesus and in part of a faith community that's not afraid to take risk to have people hear the gospel. And that's going to require courage from me. For my children and your children and your grandchildren to be part of a church that's radical in reaching folks for Jesus, that's going to require for me as your pastor to be uncomfortable at times. To take a risk. To be at times dangerous for Jesus. And to take my vows seriously. In this series called The Journey, we've talked about journeying together. With our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. And this is what I want. The reason why I'm preaching kind of out in the middle of y'all this morning while I start on the balcony because I wanted to be amongst you today. Y'all know I don't preach, I preach without notes. I, I made a joke about, about um, doing something different today I've never done, because I've never really kind of, I'm not a wanderer. I like to be up there, but I don't like to wander a whole lot. So I'm going to do something I've never done. I'm going to wander around. And somebody said, you can do something you've never done. You're going to follow an outline? Like, no, I'm not following an outline. Why would I, why would I do that? I'm not going to have organized thoughts. What are you talking about? 
I wanted to be among you today because here's why. For those of you that were part of the group that came from Wesley, thank you. We wouldn't be here without you, literally. Like, literally, this church would not exist without your risk-taking. Without the risk and the challenges that you did, we would not be here. I'm 40, soon to be 41. I want my generation to have the same dedication to the kingdom that that generation did. I want my generation, and honestly, I want my church to be as willing to take risk for the gospel, that willing to dream, that willing to risk, that willing to push, that willing to try, as our forefathers and foremothers were that brought us here. That's what I want to be part of. I don't want to be part of just a church that does church. I want to be part of a community that takes risks for the gospel so lives are healed and families are restored and life is given. And here's why I'm in the middle of you today. Because I'm not talking to you today as your preacher. I'm talking today as your friend. It's going to take all of us. For our church to be that community that impacts everyone with the gospel, it's going to take every one of us here this morning. I pledge to you as your pastor, I'm going to do everything I can to lead our church in correct ways. I've got a great team and a great staff, but I'm going to pledge to you, I'm going to do all that I can to make sure every Sunday we come in here, you hear the gospel proclaimed, that you hear, that you worship in a powerful way. I'm going to do my very dead level best. But there's a whole lot more of y'all than there is me. And what we need here at this church for us to truly take the next step what we need for us to truly take that next level, what we need for us to truly make that difference for the kingdom is for every one of us to journey together. Not just a few of us. Not just leadership. Not just staff. Not just folks that have been here forever. But all of us. Imagine what could happen if all of us we're truly faithful to God with our prayers. If everyone here this morning truly sought God this morning through praying, through reading Scripture. Imagine what would happen if everyone here this morning was truly faithful to God with our presence, being fully present in the relationships in our life, being fully present in worship, making worship a priority, making small group Sunday school a priority. Imagine what would happen. Imagine what happened if we were faithful with our giving and the thing for me, like I said, with giving, that's in many ways for us is about pruning down our life, having the freedom in our time to give our time, having the freedom in our budget to give our finances. We're so busy. I was reading an article the other day about why everybody's so angry nowadays. 
One of the reasons it's speculated why everybody's so angry is think about how restful weekends used to be. Some, I, I read that people in Northern Virginia schedule in two hours to work and two hours back home every day. So they're scheduling in their schedule four hours of drive time. They leave before sundown, get back after sundown. So they're exhausted, and then they try to cram all the life they can't live during the week into the weekends. So they get to Monday, and they're tired and angry. I'd be tired and angry too. I go to bed at 8 o'clock, and I'm angry sometimes, you know? Sometimes our life gets so busy, we don't have room for God. Imagine if we were faithful in our giving. Imagine if we were faithful in our service to our church. Imagine if we were faithful in our witness. But it's going to take all of us. It's going to take all of us. I am by no means a perfect person. Seriously, just ask Holly. She can tell you. But I love Jesus. Jesus Christ made a difference in my life. I love Jesus with all that I am. And I love this church. This church has been so awesome to me and my family. Is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. No, such thing as a perfect church because churches are made up of people. But I love this church. And I think what we have here in this place is special. And I need you. I need you in this year to be faithful on the journey with me. But forget me. The Lord needs you. And the world needs you. We can do this. We can change our world. We can change our community. And we can change lives here in this place as we do it together. I'm going to journey this year. I'm going to be faithful with my prayers. I'm going to pray daily for you and for our church. I'm going to be faithful with my presence. I'm going to be worshiping in a community of faith every Sunday. If I'm not here, if I'm on vacation or I'm out of pocket, I'm going to be in church somewhere then too because worship matters. I'm going to be faithful with my giving. I'm going to tithe 10% of our family's income to our church. I'm going to be faithful with my service. Me and my family will serve this church. I'm going to be faithful with my witness. I'm going to serve our community. I'm going to share my faith some way every day. I'm going to take a journey of faithfulness this year and for the rest of my life. Will you join me? Let us pray.